Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. This week's episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers, but next week's episode will be brought to you by an actual sponsor. Yep, not kidding, not lying. Over the next month, we'll have one real sponsor. So super excited to announce that. We're going to talk about that at the beginning of the show. Also, we have a baseball episode coming out on Wednesday where Greg and I will recap the MLB playoffs on top of Greg exploding over a new Mets GM. So that's fun. If you want to listen to that, tune in on that on Wednesday. And otherwise, great show. Uh, Greg and I banter about... Banter. Wow, just giving out free plugs, Ryan. Great job. Greg and I talk about the Rangers. Who knew it's a Rangers podcast? All right, here we go. Hey, Bushwick Breakout fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I, I was going to say something more profound, uh, and then I, I just didn't. It's hard to be to profound during this Ranger season. It's not exactly like we're deep thinkers here. You know what's, you know what's nuts? What's it up? has been 11 games, which is not a lot of games. It's not even November yet. Is it just me or does it feel like this season's been going on forever? Oh, I, I thought we were 30 games in the other day. <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, I thought we were at the All-Star. Like, I'm just... What's the trade that? I'm not even... Oh, February? I, I don't know if exhausted is the right word, but God damn, does it feel like this season's been going on forever. It's been like, not even, a, what, a month? It's been a month. The season's a month old that I'm just... Oh, my Ooh, God. I got a, long, just, got a long way to go. Uh we're going to do some quick housekeeping before yeah. we go on with this podcast. Hit me. Uh, Greg, you may, you may have been on this email chain, but next week, for the first time ever, and no, not a joke, other than our Patreons, we have a real advertiser. Now. We, we have a sponsor. Okay, so stop freaking out. I know what you're thinking. I, Ryan, I listen to all these podcasts and all the time. At the beginning, I, pray, I skip past the ads. I'm going to try and make the ads fun for you, but I will say this. We tried to get an advertiser and it didn't work, but then they came to us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I was, also first, hold on. Insulting to say that I was just on the email chain. I forbade you from writing I, English. I'm to not the allowed to we type to. to most people we talk to. And I, that's totally fair. And I get it because English is tough for me. It uh, is difficult. As per some iTunes reviews where they say this host has no idea what he's talking about <laughs> uh, and cannot speak. Eh, not, not totally untrue. That being mm-hmm. said, Next week, our first ever advertiser. We're not going to announce who it is, but if you're thinking, Ryan, are you shilling for some company you don't like? No, that is not the case. It is actually a company we've constantly shilled on this podcast for over six months. <laughs> so if you think, I don't want to tell them this, and do not <laughs> I can tell them that we've been, oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah, way to go. Uh, you're going to blur that, blurp that one okay, out. Okay, just bleep that one out. Do not go yep. to them and tell them that we've been doing this for free for all this time, Okay. Just bleep that one out. I had the bleep button, so I'll go back. And if anyone's wondering who the sponsor is, it rhymes with um, Schmerschmechtile Schmischmunkfin. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Uh, but we'll be doing some integrated fun ad reads, uh, which I'll try and make as entertaining as possible for all y'all. And you'll hear an actual ad before the podcast starts. Yeah, who knows? I'll, pro- I'll probably say this sponsor is blah, 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 like that. And you'll be like, okay, Ryan, I don't this care. Is, I, I don't care. Again, skip, skip, skip. Once, skip, once again, skip, why skip. I send the emails is your lack of an English skip, language. Skip, skip, skip. Which is cool. I skip, totally understand. Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> this is undisputed. This, it's Fox Sports 1. Our sponsor is Fox Sports It's, it's definitely not. Uh, and then we it's might have some, like, or some really cool stuff down the pipeline that we cannot discuss yet. But hopefully we have that going. All right. Now that we've gotten some housekeeping out of the way and you're like, where's the Ranger talk? I thought this was a hockey podcast. Well, you want you want to integrate a little housekeeping with a little Ranger talk oh. real quick. Oh, okay. Uh, I know what you're going to do. We are, we are in the works for our next live event. It is happening. It'll be happening in January. January 12th to be more. January 12th. A, a Saturday night where the Rangers are happening to play the Islanders. Huh, you, so can guess, you can guess who we're teaming with and you can guess where we're teaming up to do this 
event at. Yep, but, but uh, more details to come. More details to come. And it'll Don't be care, an open bar and you can ask me anything and I'll be too intoxicated to say no. There we go. All right, so let's get to the Ranger season. I want, to start, uh, I want to start off by just recapping some of these games really quick. Um, okay. It doesn't really have to take long. Nope. Uh, we beat the shit out of Hurricanes. Oh, the Flames. Sorry. I don't know why I said the yeah. Hurricanes. Why did I we say didn't beat the Flames. Yeah, we, didn't, we also didn't beat the Flames. Wait, hold on. Didn't we? Oh, yep. we, we did not. You're nope. right. Nope. Lost the Flames. Oh, yeah. We lost everyone. Nope. We did not. Hold on. What is happening in my brain? Jesus Christ. Pull up a schedule. Are you a moron? I have it open right now. Okay, read the schedule. Oh my god, the Panthers. There's Ooh. the kit. Yikes, that was bad. We lost that to the was... That was bad. We lost to the Flames 4-1. That was tough. A game we should have won. A game we should have won. Okay, cool. Yep. Beat the Panthers. Uh, a game we should have lost. That was the game that Sabinajad won absolutely wild with Zuccarello. Yep. Should have lost uh, that it, game. It increased his trade value immensely, which we'll get to in a second. That was a huge brain fart for me. Then mm-hmm. the Blackhawks absolutely destroy the Rangers uh, in a game where the defense looks the worst it's looked all year. Hard to say. Hard, very tough to say. And in the Stanley Cup 2014 rematch, Alec Martinez scores the game-winning goal against the Rangers with two minutes remaining. Here's I got a question for you. Did yes. Alec Martinez score the game-winning goal, or did Henrik Lundqvist allow so, the goal to be scored? I'm not plugging my Twitter here, but I tweeted this. That looks staged. I'm not saying um, I'm not a conspiracy all guy. All I'm saying is Henrik Lundqvist knows the one thing this Ranger team can't afford is the loser point. Either either win or lose in regulation. I got no time for anything in overtime or shootouts. It looked suspiciously staged. Like in a it, way where uh, I was like, that's very unhank like to let that in. Even that was a very soft goal. We're talking immense here. Kid kids been watching some Jack Hughes and Capo Caco highlights. That's all I can say. It was embarrassing. And even when the Rangers were up started to win, I was like, whoa, we're up to nothing. This ridiculous uh, goalie interference makes no sense. Can we just get that out of the way too? Yeah, goalie interference and offside challenges just baffle me beyond it, beyond uh, any reasonable doubt. Offside challenges are not fun. Uh, people calling the loss to the Kings embarrassing or tough to swallow. It wasn't. <laughs> like, it, no, there's no such thing as a hard loss in a season where you don't expect to win. Yeah, I had and one of our. You know what it was? It was. It was just. It was a day where we didn't get any points. It's great. Phenomenal. Well, I had one of our friends uh, who's been on the show before uh, message me and just go, hey, I just looked at the standings for the first time. I just wanted to a- ask. So the Rangers are really shitty, huh? I was like, yeah, <laughs> man. They're terrible. He's like, are you guys like, doing this on purpose? I was like, yeah, we are. What, we know. What the fuck, guys? It's, it's hard to – I just I, – I get – any other season I would have been upset by that loss against the Kings. It's just this year it's like, no, nah, man, that's the point. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't – if we win, cool. That's great. I don't want to do this very often. So the loss, calling it a tough loss, saying they blew a two-goal lead, everyone being frustrated. No, man. Fuck it. Who cares? And Detroit got uh, two points. And and you know what? The most important part to me about this is, Greg, that game was close. I had fun watching. Okay, I won't, I won't say I had fun because I will say the first two periods of that game were awful from both teams. It was really hard to watch. Yeah, but you know what? The best part of the game was Vlad Mestikov got two primary points and Ryan Spooner scored a goal. There you go. That's all I give a shit about. That's value, Gregory. Yeah, value. That's it. Stocks on the rise, baby. I don't sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. And that's going to get me to my point now. Oh, hit me. I think everyone's going this year. I think, I I, I know we're going to disagree about this, but I just think there's a Benajad contract. I I think we could agree on the Kreider should be traded this year. Are we good with that? Oh, now you're ready. Oh, here's the thing. The boat sailed, man. Did it? You're not. You're, I don't. I don't think you can trade Kreider this year. At least not during the season. Wait, why do you think that? Out of curiosity. I don't think you'll get. I don't think you'll get ample the the right value. Really? You don't think? Yeah, you don't think certain teams would be really interested in giving up a first round pick and a prospect for Chris Kreider? I think every team that's interested in Chris Kreider will ask the Rangers what the price is. The Rangers will say the price and they'll say, "Fuck it." What about Matt Zuccarello? But it, there's definitely teams out there that would need. I mean, if Zuccarello gets sold, Kreider would be option B. I don't think enough teams are going to be. We have to remember that the Rangers aren't the only team shopping players, right? It, it's it's a lot easier to say. Well, anyone who wants Matt Zuccarello will just if they can't get Zuc, they can ask about Kreider. At the same time, not everybody wants to trade for a winger who has length yet on length left on his deal. Azuk, 
we live in a world where I think we forget that expiring contracts are still valuable, man. They very much are. I mean, I mean you saw you like saw it with NBA. Rick Nash. Yeah, it's not like NBA expiring contract is an actual val- like asset, but you have a team like say, for example, Nashville, who's going to have to pay other people sooner or later. But you also want to go for it this year. You don't want to tie your cap space up for the foreseeable future. Say Austin Matthews is out for the next month and William Nylander still has to be signed to a contract. And next year, the Leafs are going to want, are not going to want, going to have to sign a lot of people to long-term extensions. Matt Zuccarello is more valuable to the Leafs than Chris Kreider, regardless of how you think, um, where you think Chris Kreider's game is in comparison to Matt Zuccarello, because Zuccarello is not going to cost the Maple Leafs money next year. That's fair, but I think certain teams would like, would like to have Chris Kreider for two years on a very reasonable contract. And it would I, it would it have to be the perfect team though. That's 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 the problem. You're you're asking for the perfect team to come forward to trade for Chris Kreider. And I don't know if that team exists. You, you look at look at the teams that are going to be in the he's market. He's only for signed forward. for two more years at, at four point six. That's a still a really still, good deal. Yeah, but you, I, cap space is hard to come by in the NHL these days. It, it's rare for a team to have as much cap space as the Rangers will have in the very near future. You look look at the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. They have a ton of long-term financial questions to answer. They're not in the market to add someone that's under contract for multiple years, not without moving someone else first, or the Predators. Predators are up against the cap every year. Uh, the Leafs, as we mentioned, they, they got financial problems coming down the pipe. The Lightning don't have money to spend. No, really, they have nilly. no money really at all. The, the Bruins have guys they're going to have to start talking about signing long-term as well. Teams need to keep their own guys before they worry about trading for someone like Chris Kreider. So I I don't think the math makes sense for some teams' books to do that trade right now. I just think I, I think it's tough. It, the two years left, you you say expiring. It's for that for me, that's almost a semi-expiring. I know that's a, a terrible term. I, I, I really I I I I just disagree. I think the time to trade I also just don't think you could trade everybody. I think someone's going to have to ride the storm out with the kids. So do you think Zabinajad is that player that rides the storm out? Because I think the value on his contract is really where you can get the real big return. I don't think any team will cough up in season what it'll take to get Mika Zabinajad. You think, but do you, I think the, do I you think agree the Rangers, with me that he will be traded not in the next two years? No. Okay. I, I think Zabinajad's here. I, I think Zabinajad and Kreider are the guys that are here. You think they're the guys uh, that, the, that they, the Rangers have decided... We're keeping these guys to ride out the storm. Yeah, because they're they're in one, they're under contract at a reasonable price, and two, they're not old enough. Like, if you decide there the difference between trading Mika Zibanja and Chris Kreider now and trading Mika Zibanja and Chris Kreider next year is minimal. It, it's basically whatever you think you can get for them right now, you're gonna be able to get the exact same thing, if not more, by simply having them for another year. And you have a lot more long-term answers next year at this time than you do right now. You'll know if Panarin's here. You'll know if Kravtsov broke camp with the team. You'll know Spoiler, whoever the Rangers... Did. You'll, you'll, you'll know whoever the Rangers drafted in the top five of next year's draft. Like, there, there are a lot more long-term answers for the New York Rangers next year than are right now. I just... I get wanting or having the urge to trade everybody, but you also have to remember that wanting to trade everybody um, inflates your own trade market. You're almost you're almost bidding against yourselves because if you make everybody available, then the teams know they can try to get whoever they want for whatever they want. I think the Rangers and are open for business, and if a team really wants Chris Kreider, they can have him. Sure, for the right I, price. but that's not what we're talking about. If a team knocks the Rangers' socks off with an offer for Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider, I can see them trading either Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider. I just I'm not going to be the guy that says a team is going to come close to offer that shit because I don't think it's going to happen. Not not when Zuccarello's here, not when Kevin Hayes is here, and not when the Rangers have made it perfectly clear that they'd rather move Nemestikov and Spooner first. Well, those two will definitely be going. I think, And I still think, man, I feel like five Rangers are going to get traded this deadline, and I'll be at a hotel in Chicago hiding from my boss recording with you. I, I, think, I still think Matt Zuccarello is a guarantee. It's a, it's a when, not if. Um... If interest in Kevin Hayes remains as high as the Elliot Freeman's and Nick Kiprio says it is right now, I last week I signed this podcast that the Rangers could very easily run the clock out on Kevin Hayes. And I still think 
that is not the worst decision long term. Uh, see, I hate that decision, Greg. Like, I, I I don't because the, you need insurance, man. I think it's, it's, not, it's, it's not insurance if you run it out. You're not going to re-sign him. He's been, I, they might. What, what what again? Looking at the age, what says Kevin Hayes can't be part of the next good Ranger team? Oh, nothing. Even if you I, say, I even if you say three years, he's 28, 29 years old. He's not going to take three years. He wants. No, I'm saying if you sign into a six-year deal, and then the, I'm saying the next good Rangers team, right? I'm not talking about how long we're signing Kevin Hayes to a contract. You sign Kevin Hayes to a six-year deal. By year three of that deal, Kevin Hayes is still in his late 20s, and the Rangers are supposed to be good. And I think he would help a good hockey team. Obviously, he would help a good hockey team. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a trade market for him. Exactly. But Kevin Hayes has made it – I do take um, – when a player says he wants to be here and Kevin Hayes – Kevin Hayes has no benefit for saying – it doesn't change anything to Kevin Hayes' market to either say – he could simply be saying, oh, we'll see what happens in the offseason. He's going out of his way to say, I want to play in New York. So I don't think their pressure is on the Rangers to sign him to an extension right now because they know – Whenever they want, they can sign Kevin Hayes to an extension. They've already talked long-term. They know what it's going to take. Jeff Gordon knows he can get Kevin Hayes on a contract whenever he wants. He is letting the market decide if he signs him to a long-term deal. I just think if the deal's not there for Kevin Hayes, I don't know why you trade him. Like if, if the best deal you can get is, say, uh, someone like Jake Roslovich from uh, Winnipeg. Like, I want to trade Kevin Hayes for draft picks. Let me put it that way. Really? Like, even, no. even a first? No. Really? A late first-round draft pick in the NHL, not everyone's going to be Keandre Miller and Filipino. I think I it, would the, do that, especially because I, I think he's not going to resign here. Who? Hayes? Yeah. Hayes is what, 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 what? Okay, explain why you don't think Kevin Hayes is resigning here. I just think because you, I, I don't the think, same I I think he would want to resign here. Yeah, I don't think he's in the long-term Ranger plan. I just think they they're I, I've been leaning more towards this, and I'm it's not like I have a substantial evidence towards it. So a lot of this is just a gut feel. But for me, I think the Rangers really want to blow this up and start from the bottom. They want to just have their four or five kids, Igor comes over, and they want to build a whole new team around that. I think all of these players that are core cornerstone players of the New York Rangers and have been for the past couple of years will not be here for the next real run. I just think it's a whole new error. They don't want Kevin Hayes. I don't think they want the back end of his contract. They want to be cap flexible and flexible for all their rebuild. They Unless Panarin comes and you want to try and make a run next year, then I could see why you'd get you'd keep Hayes. Yeah, but then you'd, you still got to run the clock out on him then. It's fair. This year you do have to run the clock out on him if you want to do if, that. Just like I... Last week I said, just like with Meek and Kreider, if a team blows you away with Kevin Hayes offer, take it. I'm not. I'm but not a, saying. But a first don't trade. isn't enough for you. It has to. No, be I don't. I mean, yeah. because it, there's no guarantee you hit on every draft pick. So I, at some point, you need a little bit more of a guarantee in what you're getting in return, right? It's the same reason why the Rangers didn't just want draft picks on draft picks from the Lightning for McDonough and Miller. The Rangers wanted actual players that they could turn into more draft picks. <laughs> if they wanted to, that's what they're doing. It, it's just it. Uh, we it it it's fancy, right, to say the Rangers have three more first round draft picks next year, which is a possibility because I think they're going to get one for Zuccarello. If the Lightning do their thing, they'll get one from the Lightning. It's really, really tempting to be like, look at all these first round draft picks we have. But I think it's also really, really irresponsible to say. We're going to hit on all these first-round draft picks. The Rangers can swing and miss at five if they got number five. Yeah, no, that's happened before. Yeah, the the draft is still. They might a have swung shoot. and missed at seven. So I, teams, I think teams are a lot better. Well, some teams, some teams are a lot better at identifying value players at certain picks in the draft. The Lightning. At the same time, it's still a crapshoot. There, there are still going to be guys that you are absolutely in love with that are not going to pan out. And you can, you can own all 30 picks in the first round. Not all 30 of those players will see an NHL game. I feel very similar about the NHL and, and baseball. Baseball is even more wild. I mean, yeah, I think there's, there's more um, cost certainty with the NHL draft, mostly because you can draft those guys and they're going to be in the league within 
two years. Yeah, and baseball whereas in baseball six. it could be like four. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the best, the best players that get drafted in baseball still spend two full years in the minor leagues, no matter what. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think at some point you you need to you need to start identifying actual prospects that you want in return for these players as opposed to draft picks. That's fine. It, it, it's great. It's great to have six picks in the first three rounds, but you you better fucking hit. On those draft picks, then, because you're trading, especially if you're I, trading Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes is just too young. To just be like, no, nah, he's not going to help us win again. I do think it's ironic that I'm saying this after like a week of us talking about Mega Millions and how I think it's the dumbest idea of all time. And, and, and that the draft's a lottery, baby. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, I I just I just myself don't, in that circle pretty hard. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. Kevin Hayes. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm just saying, guarantee. You would, you'll need, in order to trade Hayes, I think you need two of Howden, Heedle, and Leas to hit. And as good as Howden has looked to start the season, he's been come back the, down to earth. He's been one of the best Rangers so far. I mean, he's, he's, he's still well, one he, of the. No, he's come back down to earth hard. He was, he was really good in the Kings game, I thought. This one game. He, he, there was those, that first four games he played to the Kings game, there was a lot of, oh yeah, Brett Howden is a rookie. 20 years old and a rookie. Yeah. Uh, Heedle. I'm, I I don't want to hear anyone say, well, he's underperformed. He's been one of the three best Rangers this year. Just because he doesn't have a fucking goal doesn't mean he's playing bad. Brady Shea, Heedle, and? Probably Mika. Yeah, probably Mika. Maybe, or, Actually, definitely, you know what? definitely Mika. I don't know. Yes, Jesper's got a, Jesper's got a click, uh, case to make, too. You can make a case for Zook, too. Zook's been good. Yeah, I just... Howden's been solid. It's just... He's... You've... You've seen recently, like, oh, shit, he's a 20-year-old center trying to cut it. And as much as I like him, there's still a chance that maybe he's a bottom six guy. We don't know yet. We still got to find out. Leas hasn't played in the NHL yet. Still got to figure out what the fuck's up with Leas. Really he's like good in the Hartford. I'd really like Butch Nevich to really turn it on. I really I, – I, I need him to do that for me. Because it's been – this is what I, I – you know, we talked about unleashing him and all that. And he's kind of had an up-and-down season. And by that, I mean mostly down. But – this is his chance, right? Like, this is your breakout chance. I mean, I know he scored a goal against the Hawks uh, on a rebound, but I just, I just want him to really push himself, and it doesn't seem like he is as much. I, I, it, it's hard to get a read, and it's one of those... The lines change every fucking night, and on one hand, I kind of like it because you're putting people in new situations on a nightly basis to impress, but on the other hand professional athletes like routine. I think almost more than you and I like routine, right? You uh, and I do. That's stuff why we every do day. every Monday. That's why we record. Yeah. yeah. But every day we do something that feels like we're going on the right track and our day is starting off correctly. And I think professional athletes like having routines. They like having chemistry with certain people. It's why major league starters who are good enough have personal catchers or, um, up the middle, double play infield combinations. If the longer you play together, the better you're going to be. I, I don't know if Pavel Buchnevich having a two different line mates every night is good for him. It, it feels- on, on one hand, on one hand, you want to say he's getting a look with everybody, and you're what better year to do this than a rebuild year where you put everything into the blender and you just see what the fuck sticks after that. On the other hand. I just think you got to play these guys for like five, at least five straight games just to give them a fucking chance. Uh, yeah. Well, guess what? Uh, before we get to that, uh, I just, I wish Pavel could be stable and really be unleashed. And I, I just don't think he has yet. KZB showed up for like a minute the other day and it was exciting, but then gone. Uh, and I'm not saying KZB's the answer. I don't want to be a blog boy here. I just, it's, something's still hampering with him. I, I know I'm a Pavel defender. He's my Russian boyfriend. And I, I just, I wish he could give me more. But you know what the Rangers are working today uh, on today at practice, Greg? Line changes. Line changes, because we're about to play a new game called That's Math. Greg, come on down. All right, Thank here, you. here we go. Here we go. Here's your first question. Yep. Is seven more than six? Oof. Okay. Uh, let's see. Time. Why was six afraid of seven? Because okay. seven, eight, nine. Yep, 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 seven is more than six. <laughs> Greg, you're right, because uh, uh, we have – had way too we have too many too many men on the ice penalties over the past couple days and that is that a coaching thing for Quinn like what 
imagine being a veteran and going out there and just being like, okay, today, guys, we're going to do line changes. Well, for the record, uh, uh, Rick Carpinello, our, our guy, our guy, uh, reported that the Rangers have had six in the first 11 games, that which is, is so much. That's insane. Uh, I remember getting shit when Mickey Calloway batted people out of order. And uh, this, it's this too, is, this well, is, that was embarrassing. But, <laughs> but, but this is pretty fucking embarrassing. That's well, honestly, I, I think it goes, I, I wonder if it goes back to the fact that maybe these guys, the lines change so much, they don't know who the fuck to play with. It is interesting to think about that because it's like, right? wait, who am I with tonight? And I know it's simple to think about, but you're not like, when I did sports psychology, what we wanted to talk to athletes about was when you're in the game, you don't want to think. You've trained your body to perform at this level and you know what to do and you rely on instincts. And they have to think about this every single night about who am I playing with? What am I working with tonight? When's my shift? And they're not just getting out there and playing their game. So they, maybe that's a part of it. Why you're having six in 11. That's, uh, that's over half the games. We've had too many men in the ice penalty. Wow. You just mathed yourself. That's math. That? And welcome to That's Math, a new Bullshit Breakaway segment. I do. I do wonder. I. It's just you got to be frustrated, right? If you're David Quinn, because you're you're the new kid in town in terms of coaches. You're coming from the college game, and it would be embarrassing for this to be happening at BU for them to have this many too many men on the. Can ice you penalties. imagine the BU article that some nerd wrote about <laughs> David Quinn and his uh, his use of uh, his penalties against him for too many men on the ice? Like it would be yeah. a thesis. It would it would make the game program every night of the opposing team for sure. It would have some really really terrible punny headline like uh, "Too many to count." Yeah. In the last eleven games, the Boston University hockey team has committed six too many men on the ice. And yet, I feel like we don't even yet. talk about it, which is why we're doing it now. Yeah, it it's I don't know, man. I'm not here it, to flame you, Quinn. Yet, I mean, we're here for a whole sad year. We knew what we we're getting into, but that's concerning. That is there concerning. Are, there are a couple things concerning with David Quinn, and I I put this out on Twitter. It's his first year. I'm in no no means trying to slander him or throw him under the bus, but let me just say that there are things David Quinn is doing this year that if he did these same things again, when I expect the Rangers to be good, we're gonna have- uh, they they they'd be getting our our ire on a nightly basis. Yes, but you know what. It's a rebuild year. Everybody's learning. We're trying to figure out who the fuck is even going to be here for a substantial period of time. Lord knows most of this roster will not be on the next Rangers playoff team. If you're going to make mistakes, make them this year because nobody should care if this team wins on a nightly basis. No one should be concerned if this team loses on a nightly basis. Figure it out now so that the next time this team is good, you know what the fuck you're doing. I'm here that's, for that's development right. and value. That is yep, my year of watching the New York Rangers. We just got to remember that the players aren't the only only people developing. David Quinn is also developing. First year so. coach. So I'm not being. I'm not mad yet, Greg. Nope, neither am I. Not neither mad. am I. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm, all I'm going to say is I'm taking notes. Um, it, just going to say it's embarrassing. And as a friend of David Quinn's, who we go back super, you know, we're BU, grew up together. Uh, just, I just I sent him a text. I said it's a little embarrassing, buddy. That's it. All right, uh, one five-star question that we're going over to our interview with Dave Shapiro, Blue Seats blog, uh, is from Mike from Mini, a slice of New York, a five-star review. He says, love the pod, guys. I've been regularly listening since the VC sweepstakes. I'm from Rockland County, New York, but I lived in Minnesota for about seven years now, and it's nice to get a little slice of uncensored, in-your-face New York to start my week. Amazed that you're disciplined to make this happen every week. Yeah, we us too, to be honest. Keep it mm. up. P.S. What does a guy got to do? To get a personal podcast. Okay, glad you asked. Uh, we have that as one of our uh, Patreon tier subscriptions. And uh, we kind of fell off the wagon because Greg and I got super busy. Yeah, but, if my friends could stop getting fucking married, that'd be great. Uh, super busy. And that, that's on us. So hand up. Going to go ahead and take the take the blame for that one. Both of us. Uh, but we'll be re- starting to redo those again hopefully next week. So we'll be reaching out to some of you. If you want to message us on Patreon, Mike, if you are already a Patreon subscriber, feel free to do that. And we will uh, we will schedule something. So there we go. And, and Mike, if you're not a Patreon subscriber. It's so uh, easy. That's that's how you get a personalized podcast. Patreon.com uh, slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. And that was the last <laughs> ad before a real sponsor next week. All right, here we go. Blue Seats blog, Dave Shapiro, transition. We're back with our only guest of the day. We have Dave Shapiro, a first-timer on the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Uh, you're from Blue Seats Blog. Uh, welcome, man. It's been, a, it's been a long time coming. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad I could pop my uh, Blue Shirts Break cherry with you guys today. Well, of course, dude. We, I, we've sure we hounded each other on Twitter plenty of times before. Well, mostly you and Greg. I kind of stay out of that. Fair enough. Um, just remember, it's only week two. You know, no need to get ahead of yourselves. Remember, the Islanders were in first place at one point a couple seasons ago. Declared themselves kings of New York, and then yeah, they didn't even make the playoffs. Look, man, second place is second place. Spoken like a guy that's not in second place. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, oh I forgot they were. I guess we should. Refer, you're not first, you're last. We should talk about this because uh, for people that don't know what's happening, uh, these two people that are, are not me are in a hockey league uh, for fantasy hockey. Dave, you start. Did, was that your idea? That was my idea. I got the itch to play fantasy hockey again after taking. Oh, Man, it's been like a five-year break because I can't keep up all year. And yeah, after harassing all of the bloggers that I could find, you know, we all got into a league. And yeah, I'm in third place right now. Tough times. Ooh, tough times for both of you. Doesn't sound like second. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, Again, as much as everyone first you last, as much as everyone cares about all your fantasy teams, especially me, uh, I care so much. Let's talk a little bit about Neil Pionk and uh, kind of what has been. A difficult to decipher season for him because the eye test for Neil Pionk for us, Greg and I talked a little bit off the podcast has been, wow, he looks really good, but all the analytics say he's a pile of trash. So where do you land, Dave? Uh, <laughs> I'm in the wait and see crowd. I know that is a lame answer. About, yeah. <laughs> that is a lame answer. However, however, I'm going to say that it is way too early in the season, both with numbers and with the new system to judge really anything concrete right now Playson is the top possession player with the well, 55.91 cf percentage uh come on he, he's not the best defenseman on the team no, so, no but the, the the thing the thing about pionk that i think drives some people crazy and is created every week there's a new twitter fight that i feel like we all need to be having the the thing that's nuts about pionk is because it's he's truly a confluence of two schools of thought and it's two schools of thought where if you're firmly on one side or firmly on the other side, you're not moving off that side. Watching the game, I see stuff that Neil Pionk does. I'm like, man, this guy's fun to watch. He could be something. But then you look, you look at the metrics and yeah, it's a small sample size, but there is not a metric that is favorable to Neil Pionk. And not not yet, not, not yet. And it's a new system. At the same time, these underlying numbers were also there last year. We're, it, it's not like a 10-game a blip. It's just I've never experienced in watching the Rangers a guy that I'm physically watching and saying, that guy's doing some fun stuff on the ice. But then I, I look at I look at charting hockey. I, I look at Gar. I look at all these different numbers, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, Neil Pionk, he's, he's like the Mets version of Daniel Murphy, where – <laughs> You, you, you love him and hate him all at the same time, and you don't know what the hell to do. He's incredible, right. or you shouldn't resign him. I mean, uh, sorry. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. First 18 games last year, however many games he played with the Rangers last year, he was playing with AV, so nobody had good numbers under AV. I don't even think Crosby would have good numbers under AV. That system was designed to have terrible possession numbers, and I'm going to give him a pass on that. And then it's been 10 games this year, mostly paired with Mark Stahl, who, but even again, without Mark Stahl, Pionk's numbers are still bad. Um, the stuff he does with the puck is worth seeing what these numbers turn into at the end of the year. Because as you said, the stuff he can do, he's just fun to watch. The, other, the play the other night where he walked the blue line and fed a perfect feed to Zibanejad for the goal. Was this a banachet or am I drawing am I, am I on that one? It sounds right. I'm going to give it to you. Someone right, probably that, correct us on Twitter, but absolutely. I'm going to give it to you. It was on the power play. You don't play. watch the games. You're not even fans. Uh, oh, yeah. Bloggers. All oh, right. Sorry. I forgot about that. I stopped making gifts. So I don't watch games anymore. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's worth seeing what he has. I think it's way too early because we all love what D'Angelo does with the puck. He's right there with Pionk in numbers. Um, just, I'm looking at natural stat trick right now. Um, Clayson obviously has the best possession numbers through four games, but D'Angelo's numbers are terrible. And while that might not be the best comparison, because we know D'Angelo's not good in the defensive zone, he's still fun to watch. And he still does a lot of great things with the puck. And if the game's moving towards transition play, 
and there's more emphasis being put on getting the puck back and starting that rush up the ice, then you're going to need players like Pionk, especially since he's on the right side. Yeah, it just I, – I think it's one of the cases where I don't know anyone that dislikes Neil Pionk. Like he just has a – like if, if we're going based off how people feel about a guy, everyone is rooting for Neil Pionk. And I think whereas someone like Tony D'Angelo, we're kind of looking for the holes – We're trying to figure out why this guy hasn't stuck in four different regimes, why Quinn isn't playing him on a nightly basis, why the Coyotes were quick to give up on him, why the Lightning were quick to give up on him. Like, we're looking for warts with Tony D'Angelo, whereas Neil Pionk, we just – we want him to be a pretty boy. We want him to be good. So That is is true. Is it possible that we're doing our best to overlook everything with Neil Pionk just because we want him to be more than he is? Oh, absolutely. We all want him to be more than he is right now. Um, But, you know, we're looking for numbers to say, hey, maybe things will turn around. Um, He's not the worst player in terms of HD uh, um, high danger chances. I'm just, again, looking at natural stat track right now. His PDO is awful right now. It's a 953 PDO. So a lot of this stuff will balance out at the end of the year. If he is able he and the Rangers are able to get those high danger chances down. You're going to see a lot of the other possession metrics catch up. And they're still struggling with that because you still see these defensemen cheat up to the top of the circle and releasing their man in front of the net when they shouldn't. You still see them, you know, uh, heads on swivels but still miscommunicating on who to cover in front. That will change roughly November, December when they figure the system out. And in theory, uh, two operative words there, we'll start seeing Pionk's numbers turn around. I'm going to love to see what the numbers are from last season through November, December of this year, and then November, December this year through the end of the year. I think there's going to be a big contrast there. Yeah, I just – going into the Kings game, uh, Sean Tierney had the pionk stall pairing as literally the worst defensive pairing in the NHL. That was before the Kings game. And then you – you watch the Kings game and you see Pionk and Stahl together and you don't need a chart to see that the Rangers just struggle when those two are on the ice together. It's not really that hard well, to see. Yeah, I, no, I, it's I, know, not. I, I know it's a small sample size, but I, and Quinn today at practice had Pionk and Stahl again right next to each other. And part of that is, you know, you, it's one of the weird things where the guy that's actually played the best with Mark Stahl this year is Brendan Smith, but he's not a righty shot. You're trying to get D'Angelo... Shattenkirk and Pionk all in the lineup together. Someone's got to yeah. play with Stahl. But as much as he loves to put shit in the blender, or it's kind could, of nuts that he doesn't put his deep pairings in the blender as much. Or we could just, you know, bench Stahl. Whoa, but. Dave, <laughs> hold on. That's a wild That's a, That's your semi-captain you're talking about. A, a wily veteran who runs that locker room. A voice and a presence. No, I know. We could just do that. I would love to do that, but we won't. Captain Cyclops. We won't do it. <laughs> I'm an unabashed before all this happened. I was an unabashed Stall fan. I loved Stall, and it's just to the point where that eye injury and that concussion just it just messed with his game. I feel so bad because yeah, what, what he could have been was amazing, and then all that happened. And I feel like the Stalls should excommunicate Eric for that one. Yeah, it, it, the his body's betrayed him. I I don't mm-hmm. think any of the criticism that we've given Mark Stall is he's a bad hockey player. I think every criticism, at least here, that we've given him is this guy's body just can't do what it used to do. And that was two years ago when we started doing that. It's not like it was like last (laughs) week. It was like last week we were like, okay, now is the time where Mark Stahl cannot play hockey anymore. No, it was two years ago. We were like, okay, now he can't defend. And then last year he kind of had a little rebound, which was what, 5% better than he usually is. And then this year it's it's really prevalent that he can't can't do it anymore. Yeah, he can't. And it sucks to watch because yeah, you know, we've does. been watching this guy since 2007 yeah. was his rookie year. Yep. And, you know, he was our quote unquote high draft pick in the lockout year when we got totally screwed in that uh, lottery that they rigged for Pittsburgh. Yeah, great. Worked out super well <laughs> but, for us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, I feel bad for the guy. Um, but circling back, you know, bring this full circle to Pionk until we get him consistently away from stall and the team gets used to the new system. 
I can't take those numbers and say, hey, this is what Pionk is. And I'll, based on these numbers, Adam McQuaid is one of the best defensemen on the team. I wonder how much of that. I just really do wonder how much of that is in playing with Brady Shea. And at the same time, I wonder who Neil Pionk would benefit most from playing from. And the name that pops to mind is Brady Shea. At the same time, mm-hmm. Brady Shea is the answer to everything right now for the Rangers defense. Who would benefit the most from playing with X? And the X is always going to be Brady Shea. Like, of course, yeah. You want to see D'Angelo with Shea because if, if D'Angelo's ever going to swim, it's going to be with Brady Shea. You want to see Neil, pa- Neil Pionk with Shea. You want to see Shattenkirk with Shea. You want to see Smith with Shea. You want to see Clayson yeah. with Shea. Every, Shea's it. Like The Rangers have one defender right now. That's the thing. That's just absolutely terrifying. But it bodes well for lose for Hughes. Oh, it's so uh, I'm an eternal optimist, sort of. Um, really? <laughs> I can I ask you a quick question uh, since this is an interview. How do you survive as a Rangers fan? Scotch. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> usually the answer for most people. Scotch. It's a lot of scotch. Uh, uh, a lot of scotch, and my fiance knows that. And no, not so much this year and last year, but when the Rangers were actually relevant and had a shot, leave me alone when they're playing. And that's <laughs> that's the foundation of a healthy relationship. Just leave me alone. Yeah, leave okay. me alone. There are two things you leave me alone for: when the Rangers are relevant and Game of Thrones. That's it. Okay, I wow. get that. Those are the two. Uh, those are big ones. Those are big ones. And April nineteenth is the rumor, so get ready. Ooh. I know this is the rumor. That's, that's the return of Game of Thrones, so we'll see. Um, and the uh, final season—that's a little, uh, a little inside baseball there. Not that I knew. I, I read an HBO poster. Um, <laughs> I do. I do want to ask you, Dave, real quick. Uh, if you're this team, are you convinced that you're going to be getting a top five pick, or are you convinced that you're going to be picking eighth, like I am? Oh, that's tough. I just, so, I just don't think you know. There are a lot of bad teams in the league, right? You're not going to be able to outshit Detroit. You're just no, not, you can't outshit Detroit. You're not Detroit's gonna, going to finish with the worst record in the league. Right. Okay. So that's one. And then you're probably going to be in the top five teams, but what are the odds you make it in the top three? It's not great. We're just destined to pick in that seven, eight spot. It's just the Ranger way. I would love for the NHL to rig it for the first pick. It'd be the smartest thing they could do rating-wise, but they won't do that. Yeah. It'll never happen. Well, they should really follow the NBA protocol and rig the draft. But I'm just looking at how this is going on. The Kings are not that bad. They're not going to finish with, wow, even minus 17 gold. They lost uh, six in a row before they beat the crap out of us. Well, not beat the crap out of us. Not great. Um, Assuming the Rangers finish bottom three, which I think they will. Yeah, Detroit and maybe Philly. Wow. The East is really top heavy. Philly, Philly's not going to be this bad for this long. No, I Philly. think I think Hackstall is going to get the axe, and they're going to get a rebound just by having a different voice behind that bench. Yeah. They the have Rangers- a minus fourteen goal differential. That's not what I expected to see. Yeah, Dave, it's almost like you need a goalie. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've read so weird. I've read about the Flyers before, and it, it really sounds like sometimes a team just needs a fucking goal. So what you're saying is this guy in net that we've basically abused for the past 15, 12 He's, years. No, no, okay, look, I'm all for Hank going wherever Hank wants to go to get a cup. <laughs> Hank going to I will literally blow up the NHL. If I just wants wanted to, to clarify what you were saying there because it sounded like you were vouching for, you know, Hank to Philly. No, Hank, Hank should go to St. Louis is where Hank should go. If Hank wants a cup, go to St. Louis. Or even Nashville, possibly. Yeah, just for the playoffs. Poor Pekka. I Poor know. Guy. I know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trades, but Dave, mm-hmm. uh, we we were talking before you came on the podcast, and we we focused on Kevin Hayes, but we don't have to. We, I mean, we can focus on him if you want to. Um, give us your three most likely Ranger trades right now. So first things first. Back to the original question. I think the Rangers finish with the top three pick. I think they get it. They may not get the one, but they'll get the top three. They'll pick. definitely get the three. By the way, if that's the case, probably yes. Um, so Kevin Hayes is gone by the end of the year. See, you're, I'm, I'm still thinking he might not be, but you, you, they're going to have to be blown away. I think Kevin Hayes is a guy you're going to have to blow the Rangers away with on trade. So uh, we all know the reasoning behind this. Um, you know, you got Anderson who's going to be a center at this level. You guys have been at who's your one. Um, if Heedle stays at center, 
There's no room for Hayes. Now, if Heedle is truly headed to the wing, then you can make room for Hayes. I hope they keep him. I love Kevin. I love Kevin Hayes. Stoner, everything. He's awesome. He needs to be on this team. Um, number two. The fact that Matt Zuccarello wasn't the first name out of your mouth is kind of surprising. No, I don't think he's going anywhere. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Why I, don't you think Zuccarello's going anywhere? Zuccarello makes the most sense to trade. Over he does. Winger on an expiring contract. He does, especially with that contract of $4.5 million, Most teams can fit him under. Um, I think he is in the Hank boat of, you know, I've basically taken a discount for this contract. Well, Hank for his previous contract, not so much the one he's on now. I want to be in New York, you know, and plus Zuccarello doesn't get traded. It's his friends that get traded. So who's he friends with this year? Zook is getting yeah. traded. He can come back. <laughs> like we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back for a cheap contract, Zook. Don't worry. But you just go do a playoff run. You yeah. come right back afterwards. That's okay. Pull a full Keith Kachuk. Yeah, just keep getting it. traded from the Blues at the end of the year and then come back. <laughs> just get value for the team. Head back home. That's it. You know, I can see that happening, but I don't. I don't. That's not the first one. I think Hayes is the first one. Everyone's saying Kreider. I don't see it. Ah, um, I think Kreider's gone. I see D'Angelo getting moved in a package, possibly with Hayes. I don't think D'Angelo's long for this team. Well, they haven't really shown that they want him here, have they? I mean, I, I, I don't know. He's. I can't figure out what he needs to do to get in the lineup, other than you know Nancy Kerrigan stall or something like that. Just straight up take a baseball bat to his kneecap. Well, I, I, I'm just, I'm so, I, I've, I've said this on the podcast multiple times. We don't need to beat a dead horse with this one. I just, I just, I think it's clear that Tony D'Angelo knows what he needs to do to get in a lineup on an every night basis, and he's just, he's either not willing to do it or he can't do it, and I don't know which one's worse. Like right, right yeah. now, it's prime yeah. for him because Clayson's out another week at least. And we don't know how long McQuaid's going to be out. Um, so there, there's there's no time like now for Tony D'Angelo to leave his mark on the lineup and stay here for good. At the same time, I feel like there were plenty of I, – I don't think Adam McQuaid was keeping Tony D'Angelo out of the lineup. I think, I think Tony D'Angelo was keeping Tony D'Angelo out of the lineup. He is keeping himself out of the lineup. Um, we don't know what goes on in the locker room. So my impression – and reading between the lines, what Quinn is saying is it has nothing to do with his on-ice perform not performance, but his on-ice production. It has to do with some kind of attitude and effort that he has both on and off the ice. And we've seen this before. And this has nothing to do with his Twitter account or you know whatever he does, you know, with his personal life. This has to do with his history of abusive officials. This history of abusive teammates and opposition and using slurs on the ice. We, we don't know what's going on with that. And if this is his third team right now, Tampa Bay and Arizona are run by very smart people. They gave up on him real quick. There's a reason for that. Yeah. And we can't ignore that. No, we've we've literally cracked people over the skulls the last two weeks with Tony D'Angelo. Basically – saying what you're saying right now. It's This is his shot. Well, I, I will say this. He's not going to get a better chance than right now to prove to the Rangers in the NHL that there is value in his game. Uh, if he doesn't do it in however long it stretches, it might just be this West Coast road trip. This li- It might literally get traded in two weeks. Like, that's where we're at with him. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, man, that's... And I'm going to give you the third trade right now, and this is a little bit out there. Brendan Smith to Colorado at 50% retained. Whoa, that is a little bit out there, especially because I think Brendan Smith's been good this year. What makes Which you th- is why they can dump him. What makes you think that Colorado would be like, yeah, that I'm good for that? So their left defense right now is Ian Cole, Patrick Nemeth, Ian uh, Nikita Zadorov, Mark Barbario, and Sam Gerrard. So Sam Gerrard is obviously a keeper. Ian Cole is your next best def- left defenseman, really? At the same time, they just signed him, though, so they're gonna they're gonna let that honeymoon period go for at least a couple more months. They absolutely. So are. even if that, then your third pairing is Nemeth, Zadorov. I mean, come on. 
but they, at the they same can time, upgrade do, there. And and they these guys are all on these aren't on ELCs. These guys are you know they chose these guys for a reason. They're going to realize it's not going to work out. But at the same time, even at fifty percent retained, do you really want to add three years of Brandon Smith to be your third pairing defender? They can afford it. They have the cap. Unless I'm reading this, no, they have. Uh, well, they, they got they got stuff they got to worry about next year though. Yeah. Ratnan staring at a fat fat raise. So you're looking at Brendan Smith at two and a half million. You figure Nemeth he replaces Nemeth, twenty seven year old, and yeah, it's basically you know not bad. I just don't yeah, think plug and play. I, I I hope there's a team that would call for Brendan Smith. Do I want to retain half his salary though? I'm not really sure. Depends on what you get for him. I guess that, that depends on every single trade, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. that's where we're, we're at right now. <laughs> I mean, so, hey, if, Aval- if Avalanche want to give me that Ottawa pick, I'll do whatever they want me to do. Yeah, whatever. I, I can't believe they're going to get that Ottawa. I can't believe Ottawa's not in last place, but that's besides the point. <laughs> they're going to get the first I can't, I, can't, I can't believe Ottawa. Did you see the greatest thing that happened to the Rangers today is Ottawa saying they don't want to trade Matt Duchesne. Uh, well, Ottawa's run by monkeys. <laughs> I don't understand. It, that, that's a whole mystery organization. Um, at this point, Dave, is there a Ranger? Uh, wh- who, which kid has impressed you the most? I'll just put it that way. So far, between <laughs> Pionk, really over over Heedle and and Howden. Uh, Howden's the easy answer. Okay, I think Heedle's the easy answer. I think Heedle's the easy answer too. Um. I it's good like that we can what say I've seen from Pionk. I know the numbers are terrible, and I am full eye test on this one. There is no stats involved in my decision making at all in this. But you know, Howden's the easy pick. Howden was not expected to be this good, and you know what he is, and his numbers look halfway decent as well. You know, Heedle is easy. He's Heedle. Pionk is just – I love the way he moves the puck. We haven't had somebody like that since Strollman, and I am hoping, and this eternal optimist in me again, hoping that when the team figures the system out, his numbers turn into Strollman numbers, and we're all thinking, hey, maybe we jumped the gun a little bit on Pionk. I hope that – I don't think anyone – I don't think anyone's quitting Pionk. I just – I, I do think there needs to be I, – I, I just think it's too early for there to be such hard takes on both sides. Like, I think it's perfectly fine to be in the gray area with Neil Pionk. I don't think – I don't think enough time has gone by for us to say – Greg, we call that Neil wait and Pionk, see, man. We call it the wait Neil and see. Neil Pionk is for sure a top four defender, and I also don't think I, – I don't think it's early enough to say Neil Pionk can't play in the NHL. Like First off, what is this gray area you speak of? It's either, you know, nuance, you like baby. him or you don't. Uh, nuance, I don't know man. this gray area. Th- dude, this is, you know, social media age. It's one or the other. There's no room for debate here. All right. Well, you are clearly not a Met fan. I live in the gray area. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I, bad for you. I am so sorry. Why? I got I got Brody, baby. Yeah, okay. Well, we have a separate podcast about coming about that this week. Yeah, I got, I got no I mean, I'm a Jet fan, so I feel your pain. Yes, you do, actually. All right. No, do you, though? Because you have a fucking future in Sam Darnold. I, I, don't, I don't think you understand. Do you uh, – we thought the Mets had a future when they had uh, – Four-star pitchers? Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, and yeah, look at that. The Jets are run the same way. The only difference is our owner still has money. Okay. All right. That's that's not nice. That was mean. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the fucking U.S. ambassador to Great Britain. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're really good friends with uh, just some powerful people. That's all I'll say. Uh, all right, David. I, th- I think we've covered everything. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, could you just go ahead and plug all your stuff? Um, I mean, I'm going to poke the bear a little bit, poke fun of Joe Fortunato right now. I'm the that's longest so- running blog. Currently oh active right now well, at almost way, so, 10 it's years. It's so easy to poke at Joe. I mean, like, it really is. <laughs> it's too easy. I mean, Joe has all the traffic, but I got three months extra on him. So, Blue Sea Plus <laughs> has been around three months longer than Blue Shirt Banter. Sucks for you, Joe. Um, but yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Blue Sea Blogs. Um, you know, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, this is great. You know, whenever you guys need a guest, whenever you're desperate and digging through the bottom of the barrel, 
we're we're always desperate. No one wants to talk to us. We're you know it's usually just Greg and I crying. So well, yeah, you know, I mean they have apps for that. It's called Tinder. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you ask that. Uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've been doing this. We've been doing this podcast for almost three years now, and Ryan's dad is still yet to call. Him. Yeah, I just always say, "Can you call him, man?" He never calls in. Um, Those cigarettes and milk, man. They're not going to pick themselves up. I just wanted to come back. I asked for almond milk. It wasn't that hard. All right, Dave. Thanks so much. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. He's out. Thanks, Dave, for coming on. Good man. Local kid. Local kid. Good kid. Good, uh, longest running blog. Uh, obviously famous for that. Hey, learn something new every day, man. What don't you learn? Let's talk about, uh, in case you're wondering, uh, you're now. Speaking of, speaking of blogs, Ryan, when's the last thing you wrote something for the website? The, you want to know the actual answer? Because I thought about this. I think it was, was it the it was Mark Stahl piece? It was actually a year ago. It was the Halloween episode. It was the Halloween piece. It was a year oh ago. Are you going to ever write again? After Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to get those Ranger costumes so I can do the second. Speaking, the speaking second of Halloween, round. I know you really want to. The whole point of this second part is to talk about Red Dead Well, Redemption. I was going to tell them we're going to nonsense right now. but Yeah, can. 100%. Speaking of nonsense, saw Halloween today, the new one. Yes. Woo. Good, A good time, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't do well with scary movies. You could have stopped it. it. it don't do my well. Favorite. <laughs> I do not. You should look at me. Um, but I'm not a scary movie guy at all. I, I I just I watch enough things in my life, sports, to just feel tense all the time. And I, like I don't need that hypertension when I go to the movies. Um, yeah, I'll, this Halloween was very good. It witty banner that that keeps you involved. The characters you can like and hate. Uh, there were at least two characters where as soon as they were introduced, I was sitting there. I was like, no, nah, totally cool if he fucking dies. Fuck that guy. I was um, told that you pretty much root for Michael Myers. Some there were some people uh, Michael's killing where I was like you didn't have to do that. No, you didn't have to go and do that, Michael. Um, I I, I wasn't rooting for I, I wasn't rooting for Michael, there. but uh, boy oh boy, it, it's a good one. Uh, the only other scary movie I've seen recently in theaters was It, and it's on par with the new It. It, it, it was quite good. It's a good time. It's worth I, your money. I know that you really like the It movie, so maybe one day I'll watch those. But I, I did. The, the funny thing, the uh, the lady friend. That I hey. went to the movie with hey. was also the lady friend I saw it with. Sick brag. Um, yeah, I know I'm a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow, got a same 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 uh, lady friend who made me go see it, and I told her the same. I told her today that I loved it. I loved Halloween. I am in no hurry to see either of those movies again because I just don't want to feel that way. I can't. I, I'm it's glad that you loved it, dude. <laughs> it, it was good. Sorry, that was, was a terrible good. pun. Um, let's talk about, oh, oh, oh wow. <laughs> but I'm fun. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's, let's talk about video games. Yeah. I want to just do Red Dead Redemption real quick because I have a lot of feelings about it. Okay. You didn't play it yet, but you did watch our good friend, Michael Spath play for a little I, bit. I watched a solid hour and, uh, <laughs> this is how riveting this game is. The two things that he did that took the longest time, he sat down and did the knife between the finger game. I haven't done for that a solid yet. 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then he played dominoes for 20 minutes. And the entire time I'm sitting there like, this is the most riveting shit I've ever seen in my time. There was football on the other TV. And you were like, and I was like, fuck the football. I don't care. I'd rather watch my friend play a video game. I'm going to go out. I have a hottie take here. This is a good one. Oh boy. Okay. I think Red Dead Redemption literally creates its own genre of video game. And that being it's the most meticulous real life. It's like they took Microsoft Flight Simulator. And they were like, okay, this is what flying is actually like. But now, let's do it for the whole Wild West. And that's exactly how I feel, where it's the game forces you to be slow. It forces you to loot bodies. And everything you do makes you appreciate every detail around you. Even when you're sitting playing cards or dominoes or doing the knife game, all the human movements, the facial expressions they give you, makes you feel like you're actually there. Whereas in other games, like even Grand Theft Auto, you can go around us. You can go down a city street, drive a car down a sidewalk, jump out of said car, and then run past everyone's body and pick up their money. Well, that's not the case. If you murder somebody in cold blood in this game, you have to go and pat them down, look through their pockets, and it forces you like you can't loot in a gunfight. You're in a gunfight. You'll get there's, shot. There's, there's also just the nuance in the game is unbelievable. Uh, our our mutual friend Spath was telling me about this mission that he did, where. The entire point of the mission is to get drunk with your friend Lenny 
And then oh, when, when have you done this mission? I haven't, but I know Lenny. Um, you get drunk with Lenny and you start actually getting drunk. Like the game, you it skips, you black out. He was explaining <laughs> to me that there's a there's a portion where um, he nearly got into a fight with a guy, but then he blacked out. And the next thing that happened is he's line dancing with the same guy that he was just in a fight with. <laughs> uh, he got so drunk to a point where um, you, obviously there are speech options you can choose. Oh, can we just, uh, just, this- just quick side note. If you laid the script out and you printed all the pages of the script and then laid it out, I think it's something like three or four miles. That's how much dialogue is in this game. The, uh, the, this dialogue actually gets slurred the more you drink like the options you choose aren't in english anymore um there was a point where he said everyone in the bar just became lenny and you had to try and figure out which lenny you actually were with and you just go up to everyone like lenny i'm not lenny who the fuck is lenny lenny i'm not lenny who the fuck is lenny and then like he just gets woke up in a field because he was so drunk. It's like that's the nuance in this game. I don't know if I want to buy the game or just watch Spath play it for every day for the rest the of my life. The craziest part is every mission is sort of like that, where and you don't even have to do these missions. There's like hunting where you're hunting like these legendary animals. You get into shootouts of bandits. If you let somebody survive, like a witness or someone that like you thought did something wrong, they could come back a week later in time and hunt you down. They hunt you down for not killing them. It's insane, and they remember you. I was, uh, and the game actually takes place in real time, which is very strange because there was a this family that was building a house, and I was like, "Oh, they're building a house," and I, ta- I would talk to them. They had one wall up, and I came back four days later, and the house had four walls up, and they were under attack from a gang, and I saved them, and they thanked me, and I was like, "What the hell? This is so weird." It's like, "Funny seeing you again." I was like, "What? I just saw you four days ago building this house." What are you guys up to? I, just, I really I really don't know if I want to buy the game or just watch people play it forever. But I would say I've, I've been in like maybe like five to six gunfights and I've played for, I don't know, six, seven hours at this point. The game is not about gunfighting. It's about these small human interactions you have or these long conversations you have while picking up somebody that fell off their horse and ask if you can take them back to town. They tell you like their life story and, and every, every character just has this long, in-depth backstory that do, they don't need to have. For the game to go forward, but it really makes you feel like, well, it's part of it. And you have to eat, you have to sleep, you can hunt, you upgrade your whole city, like your whole little camp. It's just a game that forces you to be uh, be appreciative of what they've done. So I, I am yeah. astounded. astounded. I will ast- ast- astounded. Ast- astounded. Uh, <laughs> I. I will probably end up buying this game, but it's going to have to wait until after Europe. Yeah, uh, and for obvious reasons. But. <laughs> any money yeah that's part of it um yeah if you have a chance to go out there and play red dead redemption even if you can watch a little bit of it on on a stream it's it's worthwhile here's how i know my mom was here on sunday and uh she came upstairs and was she was doing some chores around the house and she saw uh me playing red dead redemption and she goes what is this i was like oh it's this it's western game and she sat down and watched me play for like an hour. She has never done that in my life. She like watched me play poker. And then she watched me talk to some guys and have a conversation. And like find one of my old love interests. She was like, I'd play this game. I was like, you don't know anything about video games. She's like, I know, but I'm obsessed with this. That's how that's how good the game is. It automatically goes down without doing anything. As being a top 10 game of all time. And I haven't even played like 80% of it. I, I had a really fun time just watching my buddy play. I did it and not it, it was crazy because I was having a really fun time watching my buddy play. And sometimes when you say I didn't once have the urge to also play myself, that could be taken the wrong like that could be taken as a really bad thing. I just wanted to watch it forever, man. Like I was good. I didn't have to watch football that day. I could have just watched him play Red Dead. If you like Westworld and you don't play Red Dead Redemption, you got a problem. Because <laughs> it's literally going into Westworld. You're just playing Westworld the game. You're simulating the entire Western experience. It's absolutely phenomenal. I think that's all I want to say. If anyone has questions, hit me up on Twitter. I mean, I'm looking for the I, the Blue Dead, Blue Dead Redemption 2 so I can get you know get all 150 horses. Bad Pokemon joke. It's a real shitty joke. Real shit of a joke. Okay. That's, yeah. the, that's the last time I'll do it. Okay, good. Uh, we're going to have a podcast coming out this Wednesday. We're going to close up the MLB season, Greg and I, where we're, mm. we're going to talk about the World Series, the AL East, and the new Mets GM. 
So if in case you're wondering, you haven't talked best today on the podcast much, we'll be doing that on a separate podcast mm. for you. Uh, you can follow anything we want to, we want to close on here, Greg. No. Okay, great. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break, uh, Instagram at Blue Shirts Breakaway, and me at O Ryan Mead, O H Ryan Mead. We will see you all next week. The, the ad is not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> We're not kidding. Like, I know you're thinking, like, guys, there's no way you got that sponsor for this shit podcast. It's not a joke. It's a real semi good ad read, and it's authentic. And I'm, I'm literally saying I, I, I like this product. That's all I'll say. I'm not a shill. Uh, I concur. I'm not a shill yet. Uh, I can be convinced. Yeah, I can definitely be convinced. Blue Apron, if you want me to shill your stuff, dude. I used, to, I used to Blue Apron all the time. And I'll do it again if you send it to me. All right. We're out of here. See you guys next week. Love you. Bye.